Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here alongside the founder of Brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden, for today's episode that is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked on sent you. Uh, talk about a busy weekend, Frank. We obviously had a trade. Grayson Allen, now a Milwaukee Buck. If you are listening to this podcast and you haven't heard our recap we're dropping two podcasts today, so make sure you check your feed, listen to the Grayson Allen reaction there. So Frank and myself went right through that uh, pretty interesting trade when it comes to the Bucks, when it comes to tying up and putting in, putting a, or tying up the loose ends, I should say, on the offseason for the Bucks. So go back and listen to that one. Today, we're going to talk about the Olympics. We're going to talk about Summer League as well, a preview there. The roster is out. We know who's coaching the team, so a bunch of interesting things there. Uh, let's get right into it, Frank. Let's pick up the conversation talking about Drew Holiday and the gold medal Olympic winning Team USA. Let's talk Olympics. Gold medal for America over the weekend. Drew Holiday, clearly, I mean, to me, uh, obviously no emotional attachment to that team whatsoever, but, geez, he was, he was critical to their chances for mine, by far and away the second most important player on that team. It showed up again in the gold medal game. Evan Fournier was looking much more like the Evan Fournier we know and love from the NBA, particularly when Drew Holiday was playing on him. Uh, I'll throw it to you. What was your takeaways from the Olympics, from this campaign for Team USA? And of course, Chris and Drew being able to uh, pick up a gold medal and cap off a crazy month for those two. Yeah, it's pretty wild just to, just to think that, you know, this year ends with both those guys winning NBA championships and, and winning gold medals on top of it. Um, I mean, I can't even imagine, you know, what, what the past month has been like. I mean, we find <laughs> out Chris, we found out Chris had a baby in between winning the title and the championship parade and then jetting off to uh, Tokyo that he had his, his second child in that span too. So, I mean, just can't even imagine, you know, just the, the gravity of that week for, for Chris. I mean, he's, um, I was joking that he, you know, he, uh, he, he's worked up some, some diaper changing debt while he's been <laughs> gone here in Tokyo the past couple of weeks. So he's going to, he's going to have to, to make up for some lost time there, uh, now that he's home again. But, um, yeah, I mean, just, uh, you know, I think as Bucks fans, I think probably a lot of us are still having sort of these moments of like, you know, just every day where we see the, we see, you know, reminders that the Bucks are NBA champions, um, it's it's still just kind of just makes you giggle stupidly at times, um, and and it, I'm 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 past the point of like believe not you know, like it's hard to believe it's real because like okay I think I've now come to accept that the Bucks are indeed NBA champions, but um, but it is uh it is just an incredible incredible experience. I think you know the stat that uh, believe first teammates to win NBA championships <laughs> and uh, gold medals in the same summer since Jordan and Pippen. 
which is is pretty good company to to keep. So not bad. Um, so yeah, pretty pretty fun. As you said, I thought yeah, Drew was um, terrific, and I think the NBA playoffs were kind of like the perfect uh, warm up for playing kind of that physical FIBA uh, style of defense. And man, just you could just tell nobody. I mean, you know, whether it was Nando Nando or Patty Mills or whoever. Um, it's just not, this is not fun having to, having to bring the ball up and, you know, just having to, to battle Drew in the way he's able to, you know, just use that, that strength and the lateral quickness and just his instincts and his brain defensively are just, just something else. So pretty, pretty cool. I mean, for a guy that, uh, I mean, really both guys, right? Drew and Chris, two guys that have always been in that kind of underrated discussion and um, for, for Drew to, you know, land in Milwaukee, get the big contract, win an NBA championship, even with, you know, obviously he had some major struggles at times shooting the ball, but the defense was always there. And I think, you know, he, he now, his, his reputation defensively um, (laughs) is uh, it's hard to, it's hard to really kind of get any, get any better than it is right now. Uh, He makes all defensive first team this season. So people I think already now like, like, okay, yeah, he's, like the best point guard kind of big guard uh, type of defensive player we have in the league. And then to do what he did in the playoffs round after round against different types of players and, you know, punctuated by, by that finals where obviously, you know, the, the alley-oop heard around the world. I'm still struggling with value just cause I, I, I mean, on the one hand, I kind of love the fact that you're like stealing the name from the Suns, but then part of me is just like, eh, kind of want to like have something more, you know, kind of buck centric, but anyway, figure that out later. But, um, but for him to, you know, for his defense to play a part in, uh, you know, one of the most iconic plays in certainly Bucks history. And, and I think one of the, one of the plays that, you know, I think any, any, everybody who's, you know, who, who, who will remember, you know, this era of NBA basketball, you know, 10, 20 years from now, I think that's going to be one of those plays that people just remember, you know, the, the, the fact that it was such a critical play, critical play at a critical time. It's a great defensive play that turns into a great offensive play. Um, I think, you know, we're, we're going to be seeing that on, on highlight reels for, for decades to come. Um, but, uh, but yeah, just awesome for Drew to, you know, to think about his, his progression this season and, and to finally get, you know, his, um, his due uh, in terms of the respect to win and to win a championship and then to go and, and get that gold while playing such a huge part. Um, you know, it's, it's pretty remarkable. And, um, you know, now he's, I think he's only down two one now and gold medals <laughs> to his wife, Lauren. So, um, uh, you know, he's, uh, tw- I guess 2024, right. It's only three years from now. So, um, I'm, I'm guessing, you know, knock on wood, hopefully he stays healthy. He's playing a really high level. And I think if he wants to play on that team, I don't think, uh, I don't think anybody's going to tell him, uh, he can't. Yeah. Some, Decent pedigree in that household for those kids as well. No pressure for their sports uh, futures there, but uh, gold medals with with both the parents there is uh, pretty damn cool. And there was some some good stuff on on Instagram today. I, I don't generally, I, I don't know, maybe I'm I'm poor at my job. I don't generally follow the players and uh, sort of stalk their Instagram too much. But I did see a few people putting up some screenshots. It looked like a nice welcome home party for Drew. And as we are already pointed to, I mean. We sit here and we watch the team and we do this podcast and 
we feel a little bit tired at times. We're like, geez, is this team going to get a break? They go from the championship to the Olympics. Now, Summer League tomorrow, which we're about to get to here. But what about these guys and the travel they've done? So for him to finally come home and have that championship winning welcome home party and also a gold medal uh, to come home to as well uh, was, was really awesome. So happy for both of those guys, Drew and Chris. Chris was obviously a part of the World Cup team a couple of years ago. That didn't go so well. So for them... I guess to to sort of get that redemption or whatever. I mean, I, I don't go too far with it. Let's be honest. USA should have won gold. So you're not going to get, you know, too much adulation from me uh, for, for the Americans winning gold. But hey, they did it anyway. And, I, and on a personal, individual level, I'm happy for Drew and Chris. The other guys, I don't care. I don't care about those guys. Good good on you. You won gold. But for Drew and Chris, they're legends. And, uh, and yeah, they deserve all the credit. I, I will say... Um... You know, you didn't get to enjoy it the, w- the way I did, but uh, it's pretty fun when Kevin Durant is on your team. Um, no, I had to deal of- with it again. He was again. He was <laughs> just dropping shots on every single Australian that went near him in the game, in the in the, uh, the the semifinal. No, it's it's not fun. I felt like I was having severe flashbacks. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, it, it and it was kind of funny too, though. It, it you know, I kind of joked about it how um, you know the U.S. just had this pen this tendency especially early in games they just would come out it's like every game they'd start out like 0 for 8 1 for 10 from 3 <laughs> like they never could could make threes especially early in games and it seemed like only in the second half that they really sort of figured things out the third quarters were tremendous and um i felt like oh yeah it feels like i'm watching a bucks game you know like i'm <laughs> gonna watch this team kind of brick shots and you know look bad in half court and then you know need to get out and transition to really kind of get things going and whatever um, so it was definitely, definitely far less stressful for me, even though I was you know, rooting for, for Team USA. But, um, but yeah, I, I, and it was interesting too. I, you know, Lillard had a, hit a couple shots in the fourth quarter there uh, of the gold medal game, but you know, he really didn't kind of stand out. There's some talk about him having some kind of abdominal injury, which who knows, right? I don't know how much that was like just a, let's get some, let's get an excuse out there. <laughs> <laughs> so he doesn't take too much heat uh, for for not looking great in in, uh, in the the Olympics. I mean, I think part of the thing is like if you're not a two way player, you know, it can kind of kind of become a little obvious, right? And especially playing next to Holiday, um, you know, Dame's the fact that Dame was was not super switchable, and you know, he obviously just doesn't pressure the ball and create problems defensively the way Drew does. It just sort of makes everybody at the guard spots look worse, but. Um, but yeah, it was it was definitely an interesting team because it felt like it was like KD was the number one, you know, kind of obviously the, the first banana, and then um, you know you had kind of uh, just a bunch of wings who on different nights, you know, different guys stepped up. Um, you know, Chris had a couple games where he hit some shots, but you know for the most part, Chris was you know just a role player on this team. Thought he had some good defensive moments, um, but you know for the most part, you know I, I, he obviously didn't didn't pop the way the way Drew did, um, but. Either way, uh, I, w- I was joking when they were losing uh, uh, early against France. You know, is, is Chris Middleton good enough to be a number seven on an Olympic gold medal winning team? Um, hopefully, nobody took that seriously. That was just a callback to all those. Is he good enough to be a number two on a champion on an NBA <laughs> championship team? But, um, but yeah, I mean, now you just hope that uh, those guys can. You know, they, September twenty eighth camp opens, so you've got basically you know, a little over a month and a half to kind of just hopefully relax, um, you know, get, stay in shape, but but at least, you know, take a little time to disconnect um, because it's going to be another 
another short off season. And I was kind of looking at it. I mean, the short off season is, is obviously not, not normal even for uh, an NBA championship winner. Um, but it is interesting. I mean, you compare the minute loads. Um, I was looking at this for Giannis first, um, even factoring in the playoffs, like this is actually about the same number of minutes as I think those guys played in, in at least Chris and Giannis in the 17, 18 season, 17, 18 season, um, Giannis and Chris, uh, both and Giannis was at around, uh, Chris was at around 3,300 minutes total that year. This year, Chris was around 3,200 total minutes. Um, so it's kind of interesting, you know, just because of the shortened season this year and the fact that those guys don't play quite the same minute loads during the regular season as they did sort of towards the end of the Jason Kidd era. Um, the total minute loads actually ended up being kind of comparable to, uh, to what they played back then when, you know, they only, they, they obviously didn't make it past the first round. So, um, so hopefully that will mean that they're not just, you know, <laughs> completely worn out by next season, but certainly, I mean, this is one of the problems or quote unquote problems of, uh, you know, competing if you're going deep in the playoffs every year, um, obviously, yeah, it can, it can take its toll over the course of, you know, two, three, four seasons. And we probably saw that a little bit with, with the Warriors. But again, those are kind of, you know, good good problems to have. Well, I mentioned Rock Auto was the sponsor of today's podcast, Frank. And uh, with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure after pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and then wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brands their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. So save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every single customer. So all you have to do is head to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on. In the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, let's move to Summer League here. Uh, we'll give a, some quick thoughts. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Before we do that, Kane, <laughs> bronze well, medal. I mean, this is, a big, this is a big deal for Australia. You got you to gotta tell us, I mean, how, what... What were your emotions like watching Australia win? I mean, the, the bronze medal game against Slovenia. Like, I mean, you don't, you can't take anything for granted going up against Luca. What, what were, what were sort of your emotions kind of watching that game? And um, Patty Mills. Uh, now he gets to be our our enemy for the rest of the season. Mm. Now that he's on the Nets, but certainly uh, forty two points delivering a bronze medal for Australia for your first um, men's Olympic basketball medal. That that had to be pretty damn cool. Yeah, I got some negative feedback. I, I also do a podcast with ESPN over here in Australia and I, I got some negative feedback after Patty Mills signed with the Nets because I said, listen, it's un-Australian not to have anything but love for Patty Mills. This was prior to this bronze medal game, so it's only it's only gone up from there. But I said, you know, we have to be honest about this. I mean, he's gone to a villain team. He's gone to the super team. So I, I can't sit here and hope that he's going to have success, which I've done for you know his whole entire career. And I got some negative feedback from that. But let's be honest, he's gone to the Nets. It's not a likable team. So not happy with the decision there. But I was happy with the performance in the bronze medal game. It's funny. Him and Luca ultimately were just going shot for shot. They were both... Uh, shooting a, a ton of uh, attempts. Doncic, I think, attempted 13 threes. Patty attempted 15 threes. And, and it was just either one of those guys was going to win the game. And 
And uh, fortunately for us and, and for me and everyone else in Australia, it was Paddy that had 42 and outplayed Doncic in that game. And, and yeah, it was, there was a lot of people that were super emotional about it, particularly you know, on the broadcast, Andrew Bogut was on the commentary team. So was Andrew Gaze. Andrew Gaze is the five-time Olympian Australian basketball legend for those that, that don't know him. So he was in tears on the, on the broadcast uh, after they won the, the bronze medal. So Australia had, had finished fourth five times in the Olympics prior to this. So they'd been there before in the bronze medal game and, and been uh, unable to win it. So it was pretty awesome. And it was, it was cool to see some of the new faces that were in the team. But, but ultimately for the older guys, Paddy and Joe Ingles and, and Daly, who, you know, thankfully didn't play a lot in the final game. I thought finally that was the right decision. I don't think he should have started against Team USA, but he was taken out of the starting lineup for the bronze medal game. Matisse Thibel came in. That was the right move. And, and the Boomers were able to pull it off. I was, I was probably more anxious throughout the game rather than enjoying it. But once it was, once it was all over, it was, uh, it was really, really cool. And, and everyone, yeah, has been pretty fired up about it. It's, it's hard to explain. It's hard to explain for people outside of America. I think any of our listeners, whether it's you know, maybe, maybe in Greece or some of the other countries that we know people listen to this, they would understand like, what it means to, to sort of get to that that level in basketball where it's, it's, it's obviously dominated so heavily by America. So it's, it's hard to explain like how exciting it is or what, what it means. But after seeing them, you know, fail so many times uh, or, or just fall, fall short, I should say it was, uh, it was cool. Yes. It was the one thing that I think unified the entire country. Everyone was fired up for the boomers, which was, which was uh, fun to see. And Patty, we think you'll be there in 2024, but 42 points in the bronze medal game doesn't get much better than that. So we were talking about this offline. Um, <clears throat> so I, you know, Bucks winning. Uh, I don't mean USA winning gold doesn't really change that much for me in terms of my mm. my overall uh, year in sports. I was obviously happy. It was cool for for Drew and, and Chris. But um, I mean, uh, just by itself, uh, the Bucks winning a championship pretty much automatically makes this the best <laughs> sports year of of my life from a fan perspective. Um, you know, you obviously have different rooting interests than I do. We're, we're kind of TBD on the Brewers, fingers crossed. Who knows what they might do this year? Packers, um, I guess technically, you know, if they win a Super Bowl, it'd be in 2022. Um, but at least they didn't lose Aaron Rodgers uh, this year. Um, I'm also, uh, I won't get too far into this, but um, I was also, I'm a longtime uh, Leo Messi fan. So I was, I was super excited when he won the Copa America with, uh, with, uh, Argentina. Um, I feel a little conflicted about him having to leave Barcelona. That's a whole nother story, but the Bucks winning a championship pretty much means I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not too broken up about anything at this point. Um, what, uh, and, and where does this year, how is this year ranking in, in Kane Pittman's all time, uh, sports, sports years? Cause I mean, you're an, you're an Oakland A's fan. So, uh, you know, unless you were a, a fan when you were like, you know, I don't know, one or two years old uh, the last time they won a World Series. So I'm guessing Kane was not an A's fan during any A's championships. You're a Texans fan, so that's that's tough. Uh, but I'm kind of off the Texans. I don't really you're, care about that. You're off? Okay, good. All right. Come, come, water's fine. <laughs> Packers, you know, just – I know you like to be antagonistic towards, towards the Packers, but, yeah, you know, yeah. whatever. Um, but, uh, I mean, Australian rules, I guess, is kind of – Aussie footy is kind of the, the big other thing for you. But your team – Geelong, I mean, they, they, they won a bunch of titles, right? So, I mean, I don't even know if, like, you're just, like, numb to them winning a championship at this point. But, like, what, where, where does all this rank for you in, in terms of, like, the grand scheme of Kane's sports fan years? 
Yeah, it's, it's going to be up there. It's interesting because when Geelong won in 2007, I was 17 and I grew up in Geelong. Um, it's, a, it's a relatively big town or city. It's the second biggest city in, in my state anyway. And uh, they won in 2007, which was their first title since 1963. So it was a long, long drought for those guys as well. So that was pretty cool to be in Geelong during that time. They've been really good since 2007. So they won in 2007, 2009 and 2011. And since then, they've, they've been really right there every single year, but they've just fallen short. They lost the championship game last year. They're currently in second, and we are about two weeks away from the playoffs starting or the finals starting. So um, that, would, that would lock it in for sure uh, if they could do it. So I'm right in Geelong all the way to the end. They've still got a couple of players that are hanging on from that 2007 year that are really getting near the end. So it feels like it's kind of the, the era is about to end. So if they could sneak one more, um, that would be that would be unbelievable. So Geelong could could really cap it off. But on, but yeah, I mean, you know this, and most of our listeners know this in terms of the. Um, I never thought it was going to happen. Scale like the Bucks winning the title probably probably has it right up there anyway because it's it's probably not something that I would have imagined was was actually going to happen. Even when they were so good these last couple of years, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, well, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna predict that we're doomed no, no matter what and uh and they're able to pull it off so yeah not not a not a bad sports year and and as you said i mean i've got a big soft spot for the brewers so i really hope they do well i've been saying for a long time that i hope it's a brewers and oakland a's and world series so i'm still i'm still hanging out for that i hope that that's a chance it's betonline.ag time Frank, and uh, I keep mentioning this, or we keep mentioning this, it's been a great year for sports in Wisconsin, and the Milwaukee Brewers are starting to roll towards October baseball. And you can track all the action over at betonline.ag. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs. So before the next pitch, head to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device, and you can check out the, the sporting news, the sign-up bonuses, and the contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as the Brewers prep for their run to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code locked on there. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Well, I mean, what would really tie this year together would be a Milwaukee Bucks Summer League Championship, which, of course, um, wow. you know, has been that elusive that elusive thing. I mean, I, the Bucks maybe have gotten over their mediocrity in terms of M- the NBA f- playoffs, but um, I feel like they, you know, until further notice, they have been just perpetually mediocre in terms of NBA summer league. Um, wh- what, how are you feeling about this summer league team? Huge blow losing Sam Merrill, obviously, obviously uh, to mm-hmm. that trade. That's, that's the big downside, um, but still a pretty fun summer league roster. Yeah. You've got, uh, you know, Mamu's kind of maybe like the most intriguing guy just because we haven't seen him do anything Starting with the Bucks. <laughs> exactly, point center, I guess, mm-hmm. maybe. Um, uh, you've got, I, th- I think Jordan Wara and Mamu are probably the two guys that I'm most interested in just because obviously uh, Jordan being just the guy that, you know, didn't get that many opportunities last year. But whenever he did, uh, he obviously scored at a really high level. I think I looked at, he was, I believe he was... Um, they had some video of him on the Bucks social team uh, where he was kind of, you know, joking around with the camera from the Bucks uh, kind of pre-Vegas training camp. And he was, 
he was uh, kind of joking about you know the the uh, his his Olympic experience and made a joke about you know his his per thirty six numbers and how he had to keep those per thirty six numbers you know up there. Uh, <laughs> he averaged over twenty per game in the Olympics. He was actually second on the Bucks technically in per thirty six scoring last year. He averaged I think over twenty two in terms of per thirty six. So he was just ahead of Middleton, I believe, in terms of per thirty six scoring. Um, Obviously, a lot of that came on the, the back of some big scoring numbers in games where the Bucs uh, didn't play any of their regular players. Um, but, you know, this, is, this feels like the kind of uh, environment where if Jordan Wara doesn't score a lot of points, we're going to be kind of disappointed, right? And again, in yeah. Summer League, it doesn't necessarily mean a whole lot that. mean a whole lot. doesn't necessarily reflect the type of role he's going to need to play uh, on this team uh, in terms of regular season NBA uh, minutes. But... Yeah, we want to see guys. You know, we want to see guys show out, and, and certainly what he's done uh, in his brief opportunities in regular season games. I mean, those games have felt kind of summer league-ish, given some of the guys the Bucks have started with him in some of those games. So, uh, yeah, I think Jordan. Hopefully, uh, we see against him showing out in terms of scoring. Uh, he also averaged 0. 0.9 assists per 36 minutes, so maybe an occasional pass would would be would be okay too. Uh, and then I think defensively, just obviously that's the question for Jordan. You know, I want to see, can, can Mamu and Jordan defend anyone? Can they look like guys that can actually uh, hold up uh, defensively in the NBA? Those are pro- that's probably my, my biggest question mark. Um, but, you know, between those guys uh, and Mamadi Diakite, um, you know, I, I guess Elijah Bryant's going to be there, although uh, I, I would be shocked if, if he's not waived before the start of the regular season. Um, I, I don't know what, what else are you looking forward to in terms of this team, uh, going to Vegas? Yeah. Those two guys for obvious reasons, as you pointed to, uh, are probably the first two, but there was a couple of other interesting names. I mean, Diakite, obviously I think will, will draw a lot of interest, but I thought it was at least a little bit curious to see, uh, Theo Pinson on the roster. And, and he was a guy that that's actually played a little bit in the NBA. Now, remembering, I, I don't know what's going to happen with the Bucks in terms of a second two-way spot we know Mamu has one of those but we assume maybe someone in this group here is playing for the the second two-way spot potentially whether I I don't know which direction they plan on going for that the only other guy that I actually have knowledge of because I covered him here in in the last year was John Mooney the big fella was with the Perth Wildcats uh went to Notre Dame was a a multi-year player there and was actually pretty close to he was in sort of in the running for the MVP of the Australian League here so I, again I don't think he's a guy that's going to get a roster spot with the Bucks but it wouldn't surprise me to see him play well he can shoot the three uh, pretty good hands finishes around the basket so and, and a big shot blocker actually he was in the NBL so John Mooney is probably a guy that will play and probably play well at the summer league level but uh, yeah I, I think generally in years gone by when we've looked at summer league we've looked at players that you know, we we really want to have high hopes for them, what they can bring to the team in terms of them moving forward and being able to contend. Now, we're just in a different spot now because we're kind of watching Summer League and we're, you know, you make the jokes about the Summer League Championship and, and those types of things. But yeah, I, I don't know. It's a different kind of feeling for me looking at this Summer League. And I guess my big question is, what's Rashad Vaughn doing? Where is he? Why is he not on this Summer League roster? And is he, he going to be on someone else's uh, Summer League roster? Or what's going on with... Uh, with Rashad Vaughn, maybe he's a full-time cook now. Oh man, I mean, cooking cooking buckets is, is what he's doing. <laughs> I I think the last time um, 
last time I said, I'm, I'm, I'm quickly Googling it. Yeah. Um, says he's currently playing in the Ukrainian basketball super league. Um, so shout out to, to shoddy. Um, he's still only 24 years old. He's still Crazy. younger than, uh, yeah. younger than Sam Merrill and Mamadi Diakite and Elijah Bryant. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, it, it'll be interesting. I mean, you know, I think you always kind of uh, have to be careful. You don't put too much stock in the summer league. I think, you know, it's sort of one of those things that if guys look really bad, that's, you know, more probably tells you more than if they look really good. Um, so, uh, you know, I, 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 you always want to sort of temper your optimism if guys look good. Um, but I think especially for uh, guys like Wara and, and uh, Mamu, you know, just trying to get a read on like, okay, defensively, you know, what's their motor? What's their, what are their instincts look like? You know, at, at least in Vegas, you know, it's a, obviously a hodgepodge of, of the types of players you're going against, but there are, you know, NBA athletes there. There's certainly a level of physicality that you can see uh, in Vegas that, that you might not see in the NCAA. So uh, again, kind of a, just a good test for those guys just to see, kind of what they look like. And, um, you know, obviously with, with war, I think we have a degree of comfort that we know kind of how he likes to play. Um, I think, I think the interesting thing that we, we talked a fair bit about is last season, it, it seemed like he generally liked to, to have the ball in his hands, liked to be able to take like a dribble or two at least before he took a shot and just guy was really comfortable shooting off the dribble, which is a very valuable skill to have. But at the same time, um, you know, if you're, kind of the fifth guy uh, in, in the Bucks rotation, you know, if you're playing some random minutes in the second quarter with like Giannis and Drew on the court or something like that, you know, you're not going to get clear outs. The ball's not going to kind of be running through you to, to, to create offense. So, you know, can you take a handoff from Giannis and hit a semi-contested on the move three-pointer, you know, like a Bryn Forbes type shot? Well, that, that's a really useful skill to have. I saw him hit a couple of those shots uh, in the Olympics with, with Nigeria um, so hopefully, you know, again, that, that score, that type of versatility as a shooter score, uh, is something that, that eventually translates. And again, defensively, you know, I'm just hoping that, that him and Mamu can, can at least look competent because certainly that the, that's the big barrier, at least in my mind for certainly Jordan. I, I don't, I'm not going to, I don't want to be too presumptive about Mamu's offense, but we've talked about his, his playmaking. I'm, I'm hoping that we kind of see some of that shine throughout the, the the Vegas experience that we get to see him handling the ball and, you know, trying to push the ball in transition, get up and down and make plays for other guys. Cause it seems like that's a differentiating skill for him at his size. So, but, uh, but yeah, defensively, hopefully those guys at least look competent because if they look terrible then yeah, that doesn't really bode well uh, for, for them carving out minutes uh, with Mike Budenholzer, especially with, you know, the fact that as we mentioned, the bucks have added a fair bit of depth, so it's not like, you know, I think Jordan Wara's path to playing time, I'd say right now, is certainly looking a bit more challenging than it would have looked, you know, a week or two ago. All right. Well, it all gets started today, probably, as most people are listening to this, 8 p.m. Central Time. The Bucks will play the Clippers. Patrick St. Andrews is the head coach, as listed by the Bucks here. We know Darvin Ham has done it in the past. Uh, St. Andrews actually missed out on the Bucks championship with the, the caught up in the COVID stuff. So it would be cool to see him back on the bench and I guess I'll I'll leave it I I just caught up with I caught up with Chase Buford last week Frank and um, just to talk about a a few different things and I asked him about Jordan Wara because he was obviously someone that he worked super closely 
with, and it was interesting that he said to me, he, he said that, uh, well, this, this is this is the direct quote. He said, he, uh, quote, he said, he's got a unique talent for putting the ball in the basket. He's got a flamethrower in games. It seems to have an even more mag- magnetic pull straight through the rim. He's young. He's going to grow, getting healthy and getting in shape will help him all year. There were nagging injuries. He just wasn't quite able to get in the best shape because of the nagging injuries, which was interesting because I don't think we heard a lot about it. We saw him on the injury report a little bit there, but it is it is at least worth noting that perhaps he was carrying some stuff that we we all sort of overlooked. I don't necessarily think he would have got in the rotation, but the fact that he was probably not quite at full health throughout the season is is interesting. We saw him play well in the Olympics, hopefully in the summer league, and hopefully he's healthy and can take advantage of some potential minutes that might come his way this year. But as I said, 8 p.m. Central Time, Bucks and Clippers. I can't believe they're playing basketball again tomorrow, but we're going to watch it. Of course, we'll podcast after the game as well. So hopefully everyone enjoys Summer League's return. The Bucks back in Summer League action for the first time in a couple of years, and we'll be back after the game. Frank and myself will catch you guys there.